It's a parched heat today all across In's Mouth Hive as we enter our fourth day without water. God bless that red squig. The upper hivers have decided that the manufactorum workers were a bit uppity over those 13-hour shift strikes last week. I guess they still want them 15-hour shifts, guys. This is 665.66UHMR ChemRat Radio, bringing you your only sustenance on these long, dry days. We are broadcasting today from just over the sump in a lost and forgotten Administratum archival vault. As always, I am your crafty goblin king sitting at the center of the labyrinth, joined by my co-hosts, Margie. Water. Water. I can hear myself. Okay. <laughs> I can hear myself. Beast. Thank God I have chocolate yoo-hoo. <laughs> and our extremely talented and more than a little lucky artifact hunter, Kevin. Yo, what's up, guys? It's sterile, and I like the taste. <laughs> It's like choc- chocolate boo-hoo. <laughs> so Kevin, uh, Kevin found us this little treat today for all you chem rats and sump mice. Tell us, Kevin, how did you find this broadcasting location? So actually, fun fact, I fell through a rusty hole in the floor. <laughs> like I said, lucky. That's a 100% <laughs> accidental. I don't know if I'd call that a fun fact. <laughs> yeah, fun, fun fact. I thought it was slightly enjoyable. I mean, we are. I didn't die. We are and, far uh, enough down and surrounded by enough dusty tomes of the administratum that I don't even think this place has a sublevel anymore. Now, we could be at bedrock by now. I'm pretty sure if we tried to get through this floor, there wouldn't be anything below us. I mean, I wouldn't drink any liquid on the floor down here. Oh, no, I wouldn't eat that mold either. <laughs> oh, that explains the colors. Or maybe we should eat the mold. And, and the dysentery. <laughs> double dysentery. So, double, double, double dysentery. Double dysentery. So today we are going to jump into another lore stories. This would be our third lore stories episode. And today we got an extra special treat for you guys as this is lore from the hive. We are specifically going over some of the lore that was sent to us by our community on discord. These are people who have worked with us or started to work with us on our hive project. One of the stories actually takes place here in Innsmouth hive. And the other one deals with the inquisition. You guys excited about this? This is pretty cool. We've actually gotten some submissions oh yeah, yeah absolutely don't, don't you mean the fun police the fun yes the inquisitive the fun police i like that <laughs> i like that inquired these nuts yeah inquired <laughs> this dick all right so without further ado unless uh unless you gents have anything for mandatory f- podcast fuck around time I mean, we could make more dick jokes no, well, I mean, we could talk about shit for twenty minutes. <laughs> hey, that was that was, that was an awesome <laughs> conversation. That was a good twenty minutes of listening yeah. power. Right I got there. at least like twenty more different types of dookie. We <laughs> <laughs> want to talk about spooky dookie. I got twenty different types of spooky dookie. Spooky man. dookie. Although on on that ghost poop verified by our listeners. That's right. Y'all yeah, doubted us. Damn, That's right. Yeah, I think it was Bear Max, right? You doubted doubted us the most, but yeah, we yeah, uh, we Bear. both did because neither one of us yeah. had experienced this. Well, yeah. I've yeah. never, I've, I've always had something in the toilet when I go to the bathroom. <laughs> All right. So we're going to go ahead and jump into our first story if you guys are ready to go. So this is entitled In the Depths of the Hive, No One Can Hear You Scream. And this well, was like by Micah Rowe, a.k.a. Minion Coffin. Thank you very much for sending this in. He good with, his, he, he good with sending his full name. He put it inside his story. Full send. All right, cool, man. Right. <laughs> we are not responsible. You know what? For any I, packages full of. Man, he's, he's got docs, bro. <laughs> so I'll, I'll redo it without his last. When name. we're super famous, you're done for, man. <laughs> you want me to redo it without his last name? Probably just for good measure. Oh shit! I don't care. I was just, I'll, 
there goes my jokes. <laughs> Rizzy thought she had lost them. She eased her pace as she jogged down the tight trash and grime-filled alleyways of sub-level 83, constantly tossing glances behind her to see if her pursuers persisted through the maze of black alleys and hallways. Their thumping footsteps and the noise of pure anarchy as they engulfed homes and businesses with flame was drowned out by the ambient noise of the hive city, the great food processing factories, running water, pumping air, and traffic from both levels above and below, joining out all other noise. Fucking nutties, she thought aloud in between ragged breaths as she slowed to a walk. Up ahead by 25 meters was a four-way intersection, and she would rather hide out down the hall than in the open crossroads. She leaned against a wall covered in pipes and conduits to catch her breath. They groaned in protest as her body weight pressed back against them. She tried to get a hold of her companions via Vox, but all the channels she tried just returned static. With each different channel she selected on a small data slate attached to her bionic left forearm, she became more and more fearful. She shot a few calls through the small earpiece in her left ear anyway. Alec, Maxent. Come in. Does anyone read? Before giving up and leaning her head back against the wall in defeat. Condensations and drops of leakage from the pipes dripped onto her red jacket, darkening the already dirty fabric and making a small plat sound. Plat. Plat. The horrendous smell of trash and sewage leakage filled her nostrils as the adrenaline eased and her senses caught up to her. Lovely, she mumbled as she caught a good whiff of it. A small rat emerged from the trash pile about two meters across the alley from her, squeaking and curiously looking at the newcomer to his home in between dumpsters. Rizzy grabbed the closest thing to her right and tossed it, an empty and half-broken Cane's Amsec bottle. The sudden movement startled a rat, and he ran before the bottle left her fingers, the glass object shattering into jagged pieces in the empty spot where he had once stood. Her bionic left arm twitched, sending a small electrical shock through her nerves. She winced in pain for a second, just until it was gone. She really needed to get to the Ripper dock to have this looked at. After a minute of catching her breath and surveying her surroundings, she thumbed through the Vox channels on her wrist data slate again, calling her team's names over and over. All she could hear was static. The morbid thought that her comrades had died in the chaotic fireball caused by the Nutty Jays filled her with dread. Dead or alive, boss isn't going to like this one. She leaned back against the wall of pipes, mind racing through the options of how to get out of here alive. However, after a moment, Rizzy was distracted by something moving on the edge of her vision. A small green creature dove into a pile of trash just down the hall. The uneasy feeling that she wasn't alone and someone was watching washed over her. She shivered at the thought. Probably just another rat crossed her mind, partly to calm herself, but something in the back of her mind told her it wasn't a rat, but something far worse. She slowly stood and drew her stub pistol out of her underslung holster, the weight of it telling her she was missing six out of the 12 rounds in the magazine. As she approached the pile, she could just barely make out a small set of eyes from under an empty manwich wrapper. Food res residue still clung to the package. The trash rustled and the eyes disappeared as if retreating. Shortly after, she barely caught a glimpse in her peripherals of another green creature darting across the alleyway. She whipped around, pistol pointed at the trash piles just a few feet away. Once again, she could barely make out a few set of eyes, and within a second, they had also vanished. She thought she was going crazy for a second, and she could have sworn she heard faint giggling. Cheeky bastards, she said under her breath, holstering her sidearm and stepping away. She began walking toward the four-way intersection, when she was rudely interrupted by the sounds of boots clacking against the pavement, coming from the direction that she had come. Two Nutty Jays gangers had noticed her and were barreling down the alleyway. 
One was a huge brute of a man, and he wore a long, dirty brown jacket with cut-off sleeves and carried a huge sledgehammer. The other had a lighter jacket and wore a respirator covering his face. A small duffel bag was slung around his shoulder. Both bore the insignia of the Nutty Jays on their jackets, a blue bird perched on a knife, the background appearing as both are engulfed in flames. The ganger with the sledgehammer, the weapon perched menacingly on his shoulder as he ran, shouted towards her as they charged down the hall. Oi, you won't get away from us now, you fucking monger. Instinctively, Rizzy turned and ran in the opposite direction. She almost tripped over a pile of trash, rats scattering out of her way and into the shadows as she ran down the hallway. The gangers were gaining fast and she needed options. She ran towards the alley intersection, hoping to lose them in more of the switchbacks. She approached the intersection, dead set on running through and continuing down the alleyway. But a loud crash and a blazing fireball that engulfed the hallway ahead interrupted her. She skidded to a halt just before the newborn flames and sprinted through the left side of the alley, taking chances and hoping this one was worth the risk. The back alley was cluttered with trash and junk, much more so than the previous. As she ran, she knocked stacks of pallets and crates over, trying to put anything between her and her pursuers. Get back here, you little cunt! The sledgehammer-wielding ganger shouted as she jumped over an empty plastic crate. They were gaining ground. She ran the remaining length of the corridor, the end twisting into a sharp right, then another, and she turned and heaved her weight against an already uneven standing dumpster, its contents of trash spilling directly on top of the hammer ganger. Empty manwich wrappers and cans of corpse starch soups and many other food wrappers just came toppling out. As she whirled around to keep running, the masked ganger managed to grab her bionic arm by the wrists. The shock returned, catching her off guard and causing her to grunt in pain for a brief moment. The ganger moved to try to grab her right shoulder. She managed to just barely dodge underneath, striking back with a quick jab to the solar plexus, knocking the wind out of her attacker. As the ganger stepped back, gasping for air, he let go of her arm and it went limp servos in it still recovering from the brief disconnection from her nervous system, reconnecting after a few seconds. The other ganger pulling himself out of the garbage pile, a sick layer of grime covering his clothes and face, wrappers and dirt sticking to his clothes. He grabbed his hammer and stepped forward, paying no attention to his wheezing companion other than grunting out a, Come on, get up, you git. Sound like orcs. <laughs> why do we sound? Why do Nutty Jays sound like orcs? Because <laughs> you motherfuckers is un. You can't come up with another accent. Because you're idiots. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I feel like they should sound like New Yorkers instead of I, orcs. I don't really have an accent, so I'm gonna. I, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'm just. I'm just reading what it like sounds it. like. Right. It's it sounds good. like orcs. Right. It's good. I like it so far. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you could always throw in a couple orale ways in there. Orale, Holmes. Orale, get up, you get. Do you guys want to read them if they have like mongers or auxilia in here? Yeah. They got other random, yeah, yeah. I think it's only nutties. I think it's only nutties, yeah, but but I, I like mean, that. Even, even is, is so, this, there's who, multiple characters. This is this is a minion coffin, right? Yeah, it's minion minion coffin. Is he a warmonger? Uh, I believe so. He's blue. What's blue? Uh, minion coffin. I think he is a warmonger. Nice. The character's a, a warmonger. Uh, the, the are yeah, he's a warmonger. Yeah. yeah. How many mongers do we have? Uh, I think we've got four, four nutty jays, four mongers, three splatterhawks, and three auxilia. Yeah, I think oh. that's what it is now. All right, oh, so there like there's five, five nutty jays, yeah. three warmongers, three splatterhawks, and three auxilia. Are, are you counted? Is yourself counted in nutty yes. jays? 
Yes. Yeah, so I far. clicked on Splatterhawk and it didn't add. Uh, the bot was down uh, oh, when everybody I decided didn't to actually click. Yeah, on. no, you guys are not. I uh, didn't click mine. So we're probably all at like four or yeah. something like that. We should probably all go fix it at some point. Yeah. It's um, fixed. How, it's online. Now. We should all make sure that either none of us are, are clicked it or all of us. Yeah, have yeah. It so that it's we should all even. click. You should all. We should all click around. That's mm-hmm. true. Yeah, yeah. You definitely should. All right. So to return to the story. So to get so to catch you guys up, uh, the ganger with the sledgehammer pulled himself out of the trash from the dumpster and then razzed his companion. This is great stuff, minion. By the way, yeah, great it's, it's fucking really stuff, good. dude. I love. Yeah, it. I, I like hope it. I'm doing it justice. Before the pair could start the chase again, Rizzy turned and bolted away from the two. She sprinted a few steps down the alleyway before a horrible sinking feeling hit her in the gut like a monorail. Not even ten meters up ahead, the alley turned into a dead end. The wall was made from a massive beam, roughly four meters thick. It had fallen from the above sublevel. Its impact into the buildings on the right side of the alley and then leaned across onto the buildings opposite. Its force from the initial impact scattering dirt and plaz steel plating from the buildings down the alleyway. The layer of pipes and conduit that line the interior of most of the alley walls had been torn off of both sides. The pipes arcing upward past the beam and into the air. Multiple liquids and wires had escaped from their burst pipes, water and sewage along since dried, forming a gross layer of visible grime over the beam and the many scattered and twisted plasteel sheets. From an angle, it almost resembled a human ribcage, the beam as the spine and the pipes as individual ribs. Blood pumping, Rizzy skidded to a halt, almost tripping on displaced rubble that she had not seen a second ago, and tried to figure out escape options. She could try to climb the lower portion of the beam and use the arcing rib pipes as leverage, or she could try to move some of the plasteel plating and dig away under the beam. Reality caught up with her before she could come up with a plan. She heard heavy footsteps stomping up from behind her, and she whirred around to see the hammer-wielding ganger. He took a few more steps and swung his massive hammer on a crosscut towards Rizzy, the metal of the hammerhead just clipping her bionic forearm as she barely had enough time to react and step away. He followed through with the swing, quickly swapping hand positions and taking a step forward to swing again. Before he could make this swing, Rizzy dove with a few quick and powerful jabs to his exposed ribs, knocking him off balance, which really only pissed him off more. She jumped around his backside and the ganger decided to swing anyway. The huge bulk of a man spinning around like a ballerina in a play for a planetary governor. She saw an opportunity in his overextended swing. His stance was too wide and unbalanced. She dove in again as the hammer moved away from her, planting her right foot directly behind his left, shoving his torso with most of her body weight. He didn't have any time to react. The brute of a man toppled backwards, losing his balance and crashing onto the ground with a grunt, hammer clattering away on the ground. She had forgotten about the other ganger. He had regained his breath and approached the two as they dueled. A soft shink sounded through the alley as he pulled a knife from the sheath on the back of his waist. Rizzy turned around at the noise, reaching for her stub handgun with her right hand as she did so. A glint of light from the blade refracted in her eye as the ganger lunged for her abdomen with the weapon. She barely had time to move her left arm in the path to protect her torso, and the blade sunk deep into the metal plating and electronics of the augmented arm. The very tip of the blade pierced all the way through her arms so that just the tip was peeking out at her from the metal forearm. A horrible shock ripped through her body for a brief moment as the nerve connections to her arms shorted once again. This one was much worse. The ganger paused for a second, surprised that the first blood that was drawn with his knife did so much damage. Rizzy mentally recovered. 
With enough time to twist her arm upward, the blade grips sliding from the ganger's hand while she finished drawing her handgun. Her face wrenched in pain as she moved her arm, but it would have been too much to bear if she did the same movement with her flesh arm. The blade remained lodged in her arm, and while it hurt, she could feel the malfunctions start, and the pain slowly eased as her arm kicked on its emergency protocols and removed itself from her nerve endings. She drew her handgun, flicking to the off safety in one fluid motion. Six rounds in the mag. Let's make him count, she thought to herself. The now unarmed ganger had dodged back after the loss of his knife, and Rizzi could see the look of dread in his eyes behind the gas mask as she pointed the gun at him. Just before she could pull the trigger, she saw his eyes dart to her left and heard heavy breathing from that side. She whirled just in time to receive a massive fist to her chest, the sheer force of blow knocking her off her feet, causing her to lose grip on the stub handgun. She fell flat on her rear, searing pain shooting up her back and legs. The firearm skidded and stopped at the edge of a trash pile over a meter away. The gas mask ganger dove for the handgun, but she stuck her foot out beneath him, and he comically tripped over it. He took a few extra steps as he tripped, ending up past the trash pile and up against the wall, his hand braced so he didn't smash his mask into it. Thinking quickly, Rizzy rolled away from the larger ganger and ripped the blade from her bionic arm. Barely tossing it into the air, catching it by the tip, she stood slightly. Another shock ripped through her body, and she shuddered for a brief second. The gas-masked ganger turned around, and before he could react, Rizzy tossed the blade at his left hand, which was conveniently still touching the wall. The blade spun end over end, and light reflected off the small LEDs in the wall above, impacting directly into the square of the gangster's back. He howled in pain, the scream muffled by his gas mask, as he turned and toppled to the ground face first, mask smashing. His body twitched in a final spasm of movement, and dark liquid began to pool at his back. The large ganger was standing directly behind Rizzy and watched with great horror as his companion died. He looked at her with sadness in his eyes, but that feeling was quickly diminished by rage. He bellowed, a low and deep guttural roar that reverberated off the alley and shook Rizzy's eardrums. He took a heavy breath and swung his arms at her. His massive fist connected with her right shoulder, once again knocking her to the floor, but this time sending her half a meter closer to her firearm. She began to crawl as fast as her aching body allowed, pain from the blows touching most of her muscle groups by now. The large ganger roared again, turned to her and shouted, You killed Limpy! I'm gonna rip your head off! She scrambled and grabbed her firearm, rolling over onto the trash and propping herself up on her metal elbow and pointing the weapon at him. The ganger took two hulking steps towards her and she fired twice in quick succession. The first shot ripped through his left pectoral area and he hardly seemed affected by by it. The second was lower and closer to the center of his chest, exactly where his heart should be. He took one more staggering step forward and his eyes rolled back into his head as he fell forward onto his face with a thud. Rizzy picked herself up as his body died, her heart racing and blood rushing through her ears. She staggered between the two bodies, pointing her firearm at the deceased enemies, making sure that they were dead. Large pools of blood formed under the bodies of the two, and she could already see flies starting to circle the bodies. The horrific stench of the death filled the corridor fitting right at home with leaking sewage, rotting food, and trash lining the alleyway. As her heart calmed down, the rushing blood in her ears receded, being replaced with a barely audible ringing, the sound of silence. It's as if life of the city had just died, the great food processing factories kilometers away, the hum of electricity, running water, air pumps, and sublevel traffic from above and below. None of it could be heard in this alleyway. 
The only thing she could hear was her ragged breathing and the whispers. They began shortly after her heart rate began to calm. Thousands of tiny voices coming from every direction, just fluttering at the edge of her hearing. What they were saying, Rizzy could hardly pick out, but she heard faint words like, Yes, join us, eternal. She looked around at the corners of the alley, and hundreds of pairs of little eyes appeared in every corner of the plaza steel walls, in trash piles, in and around dumpsters, from in between pipes covering the walls. She could just barely make out small, rotund figures behind a few pairs of eyes. Realizing she had once again run out of time, she started quickly patting down the bodies of the two dead gangers, searching for anything that could help her in her current predicament. The big guy, Og, had little in his pockets, only a small wallet with a few thrones, but she pocketed it anyway. The other ganger, Limpy, as Og had called him, had a few more thrones and a lighter in his pockets. His small duffel bag had a few bottles of Amsec with some greasy rags, perfect items for an anarchist. She took a look at the knife in the body's back, deciding to leave it there, as she still had a few bullets to help her get back home. She slung the duffel over her shoulder, struggling to do so with her one good arm, her left arm going limp after the emergency protocols kicked in. The whispers grew louder as she did so. She looked around the alley, more and more small green figures appearing at the edge of the shadows. It was time for her to leave. As she stepped away from the body of Limpy, she noticed Og's body twitching ever so slightly. Odd, she thought. He had been dead five minutes already. He shouldn't be moving. Maybe it was some last throw of his nerves? Then his fingers began to twitch. His index and middle moved as if they were tapping a tune or in Morris code. His thumb joined in. After a few seconds, his entire hand began to move, fingers flexing back and forth. Then the hand was raised and brought back down with great force, cracking the pavement. The thing that had once called itself Og propped itself up on its arms as it transformed. Once tanned skin slowly turning a sickly green, orange boils beginning to bubble and form on his bi and triceps, and Rizzy fought back the urge to vomit as some grew to tremendous sizes and burst, pus and fluid seeping down his arm. The stench almost brought her to vomiting alone. She quickly withdrew her firearm again, pointing it at the thing's head as she kicked it over. Its face was more horrific than she could have ever imagined. A great bone began to grow from the left side of his face. His eyes had grayed over and worms began to crawl out of the left one's socket. Boils started to grow all over his face. His nose and ears had fallen off and his teeth had blackened as black ooze frothed from them as the former human gargled into life, or rather unlife. Rizzy fired once into the thing's chest, the creature paying little mind to it. Almost instantaneously, grimy tentacles grew from the bullet wound, the two that killed Og and the fresh one. Mortified, she backed away, stub handgun still pointed at it. Her facial expression was that of someone who had seen death, and she had. The voices still continued to whisper, slowly getting louder. It began to rise, slowly at first, but then quickly as it got to its feet. She backed away, and an arm outstretched and grabbed her ankle. She looked down at the origin of the arm and screamed. Limpy, as he had once been called, had transformed as well and began to crawl toward her. A green haze had filled his gas mask, black eyes peeking from behind a filthy cracked visor. A green ooze was being emitted from the filters, dripping onto the floor with a tss. His left arm was completely turned into a large and slimy tentacle, with a few smaller tentacles sprouting randomly from it. Sharp bones grew at random from his back and shoulders, like a grotesque porcupine. 
with one growing around the knife left in his back. It looked up at her, and she pointed her firearm and fired once into its head. The shot tore through the creature's skull, ripping a hole in porous flesh, rotting bone and black brain matter. The body jolted for a second, reverberating from the shot, but after a quick second, it began to move again. Large, pointed teeth began to grow from the exposed skull, gums and lips forming around them as well. A forked tongue slithered and poked through them, almost as if the creature's brain hissed at Rizzy. She backed away. The only emotion she could remotely feel was utter fear. Both creatures were at their feet, lumbering towards her as she backed off. Outstretched firearms shaking, she stopped, and as the voice came from everywhere and nowhere at once, it said in a deep and guttural tone, Join us, Rizzy. Be graced with eternal life. She turned to shake it out of her head, but it grew louder. Shaking, she fired the handgun as if her life depended on it. One shot into the chest of the former Limpy, and another into the skull of the former Og. The first tore through his jacket in sickly pale flesh, black ooze seeping from the wound. The second took the jagged chunk out of Og's skull and protruding bone, and another grotesque bone spike began to grow in its absence. After the last two rounds, she pulled the trigger a few more times, just hoping she had miscounted. A resounding click responded with every new trigger pull. She was out of ammunition. She cursed and tossed the handgun directly at the two shambling beings. It bounced off Og's torso, the creature paying absolutely no mind to the object. She stepped back onto something small and squishy. She looked down to see one of the little rotund green creatures under her foot. Its skin a grimy green. It gleefully looked up at her with its ugly face and she pushed down with her boot. The creature popped like a grape, revolting slime spewing all over her boot and onto the other grimy, smiling creatures that had started to surround her. She stepped back again, the smell of the alley causing her to gag. The little creatures grabbed at her ankles, causing her to trip backwards. She landed, squishing two more of them. She quickly grabbed the duffel bag slung around her shoulder, pulling out a bottle and a rag. She popped the cap of the bottle and tried to stuff the rag inside spilling Amsec all over her, the rag, her clothes, and the slimy green creatures clawing at her. She pulled the lighter out with her one good hand, sparking it a few times and lighting as much surface area of the rag as she could. She dropped the lighter and lightly tossed the bottle at the two shambling creatures now three meters away. The bottle smashed onto the feet of the former humans with a crash, a fireball erupting where they stood. The flames graciously lapped up the oozing liquids and decaying flesh of the creatures, but they paid little mind to it as if they no longer had one. They shambled ever closer to Rizzy, two meters away. In a last-ditch effort, she tried to thumb through her Vox channels, hoping she could get any signal out. She had to fight off green creatures as she did so. They were crawling on top of her, grabbing at her arms and face. Not even static answered her pleas for help, just dead silence. The flames grew closer, as did the creatures. The fire picked up the droplets off the floor and danced onto some of the creatures the Amsec had spilled onto. They squealed as they burned alive and ran to and fro amongst the emerging swarm of slimy kind, lighting more and more on fire. Just as the two former humans stepped just under a meter away, the flames touched her coat and pants, igniting the alcohol that she had accidentally spilled. She didn't even try to fight it. She was still fighting the green creatures. A grim realization hit her. This was the end. She reached into the duffel bag, grabbing another bottle of Amsec, and smashed it onto the floor. It shattered, sending flaming glass everywhere as the fire graciously aided the alcohol. The flames engulfed her body and everything else in the alleyway, but the creatures pressed on. Searing pain engulfed her entire body. She fought with her eyes open just to see the burning figures of former Olympian Og standing over her with arms raised. 
A shrill, raspy voice came from seemingly everywhere, drowning out the roar of the flames and the chattering of the green creatures. Join us, my child. The creatures forcefully slammed their arms down onto her with the intent of fatally wounding her. Rizzy let out a cold, blood-curdling scream as she died. The sound never left the alleyway. Spoopy. Yeah. This is fucking cool. That was, that was awesome. Dude, that got real it intense. A, I did. It was, a, it was an intense Nurgle story there. Yeah, right? Um, <laughs> Motherfucker. Why, why, why is it that when we tell the spooks... We tell the spooks, spooks happen. Some spooks happen. Every time. What the fuck that was? So he's got some notes down here. Uh, the name of the main character is Perry or Rizzy. The Nutty Jays logo, a blue bird perched on a knife, the background appearing as both are engulfed in flames. Uh, that's potentially subject to change as yeah, we develop yeah, logos. We're, we're working on it. We like it. I like it's it pretty though. cool. Yeah. Jays was more not like a bird, like Blue Jay. Uh, the Jays was just more like, like the a nutty, nutty Joker, Nutty Jester, yeah, Nutty yeah. Joint, Nutty Jackasses. Nutty joint. It could be a, a lot, lots of Jays. We're, uh, I, I've been throwing up. If you guys are part of our Discord community, you'll, you'll see I've been tossing up. If you're part of our Discord community and you're part of our Patreon, I should put, uh, there's, a, there's a lounge that we all share, and I've been sharing some artwork as I've done little tiny sketches and just tried to figure some stuff out. So that's a cool way to, to get an idea of what we're doing. His name plays homage to aliens, the in space, no one can hear you scream concept. Yep, yeah. Yeah, uh, I, you, I was. I mean, I, we all know that's the title, so it's obviously the first thing you hear. But I did like that they that he definitely used the a good thematic title like that. Yeah. No, I I really enjoyed it. That was a compelling story. I did not see that coming with the whole Nurgle thing. Yeah, I also was like, so, oh, okay, so it's just gonna be some like ganger some ganger body. action, ganger, yeah, like suspense, like you know, yeah. oh, how many bullets? Four, three, two, one, like. But then it threw oh, tentacles and yeah, <laughs> boils and yeah. pus. And I also like that we got our first story and it's not about space Marines. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I want to say my favorite part of the story was uh, it was a nurgling, right? That yeah, that, nurgling. that she stepped on and it, it was like it popped, popped like, like a, a grape. grape. That yeah. was that was. And then that was that cherry, was dude. Right and now. instead of and instead of cherry. like the other ones getting all fucking weird out, they're just like giggling. They're like, oh, this is supposed <laughs> to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was cherry, dude. I loved it. Uh, yeah, that was fucking amazing. Great, great story. Uh, how about you? You got a favorite part? Voices. Yeah. Were, were you a fan? <laughs> yeah, I was like, <laughs> the fact that they sound like orcs. <laughs> <laughs> it actually, it, it kind of makes sense in a way. Like, I, I know we immediately like jumped on because we've done the orc episodes, right. but it actually kind of makes a sense that like hive gangers would probably have some kind. Yeah, it of makes weird more sense that they would, that they would have it. Yeah. Well, because essentially orcs it's like gutter punk. Yeah, right. Yeah. Orcs are, are kind of like they're speaking low gothic. Yeah essentially right they're speaking right. super low gothic super like lowest of gothic yeah. which is essentially what like hive gangers would speak would be the low that's gothic, a that's a good point butchered i like throwing like a, an essay on the on the tail Easy. end of that yeah like throw a little put well, s's and words fun. that don't need it yeah. and whatnot you know find find some way to give it hey give me my pistols homes but you only have one why are you give saying my pistols, pistols homes i don't understand there's only one <laughs> there's only one homes too but i still right. put homes on it <laughs> I get you. so. No, I like you that. I like the the nutty jays have a little bit of essay in them. I like yeah, that. And, and, yeah. Uh, that's how I would have seen it. Yeah. And you you got your more your, your uh, Rizzy here is a warmonger, so mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, pretty dope. It's good shit. It was good. I enjoyed it. I liked a lot of the uh, 
a lot of the lead up, there was a, there was a lot of proper foreshadowing, right? Because there's a lot of talk about like trash and sewage and just nasty yeah. smells. Oh, it's like, and oh, it, it sounds like it's getting worse and, and it worse doesn't, yeah. Worse. And then when it hits you, you're like, oh, you're like, yep, it, oh. yep, that all makes sense. That all makes sense. It all. Uh, I was like tentacles, kind of foreshadowing yeah, right? for tentacles. Was, I also was, liked was, the. Uh, <laughs> it's about to go down. <laughs> I also liked the alleyway looking like a human, like rib cage with a. Right, right. Yeah, yeah that was a nice, dope. nice little. No, the, the effective use of uh, effective use of imagery and, and description was good. Yeah, I dig it, man. Good shit. Please send us more because this was awesome, and yeah, I loved do it. it again. And, and, again. And not only <laughs> not only you, minion, but remember, uh, everybody else. Remember also, minion is a warmonger. There are other warmongers, and we usually stick together. Well, well yeah, she was trying. She she got. She's they, trying to get her buddies on the radio. They have uh, battle buddies. Yeah, they uh, definitely. There was some probably some war fuckery blocking the radio channels. Like at the end, they're not even oh, yeah. static. So like right. it wasn't even like she had a radio and couldn't use it. Like the radio Sorry. was effectively useless. One right. one warmonger is effectively worth five nutty J's. <laughs> eh, not today. <laughs> not when they got no ammo. Right. <laughs> no back. You're about, and to, one, you're and about one. to get this huge ammo across your head. <laughs> and and just to continue going with with the theme, two warmongers are effectively equal to one under hive exilia. And one under and, and ten under hive exilia is equal to one splatterhawk. So you've got why are we? You've the, got the you've why got are we the, the horde. You've got the. Yeah, that's fine. I dig that. We're the horde. So, right? so the nutty jays yeah. are the guardsmen. The nutty jays are the guardsmen. The warmongers are the primaris. Okay. The auxilia. Wait, no. You're the space marines. The auxilia is the primaris, and the splatterhawks are the primarchs. That's that cool. That is <laughs> horribly wrong. It's like custodes. <laughs> it's not sense. even. It's not no, even no, the no, way no, that. That's not even sense. the way that I designed it to fight. It doesn't even make sense. <laughs> it no. doesn't make sense. No. It's it's that it's the always like oh yeah one space marine can take over an entire planet, one alone. Never know until he runs out of ammo. No, he's got hands, man. He can throw. He just throw hands. He's got some nasty slapjacks, man. He's disrespectful. Slapjacks. Disrespectful ceramite <laughs> slapjacks. What are you talking about? He gets out of ammo. Just starts throwing chocolates at people. Just like this. Oh, yeah. Dude, you saw, you saw. Starts throwing around foul language. Yeah. No, okay. <laughs> In the 30s, when when they grabbed the uh, the Inquisitor or whatever the it was. Thing, yeah, the Psyker, and he the punched the shit out of it. Literally punched hey, through man. his head. Yeah. 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 But you have to remember. Dude's got hands. They also shot him three times. That was after <laughs> you, he got You gotta be out. sure, okay? Yeah, but but legit, if you pause it at the right time, you can see where the dude's shoulders end and the, the guy's arm is. Oh no, like you can you 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 can see his head splatter. You can see his head missed, and then they still shoot the body. Yeah, it's great. Because that's the level, that's the level of response to a demon taking over a psyker. Yeah, it's called heresy. Murder it twice. Her- heresy. Yeah. Heresy. First but uh, let, let us know again. if you guys like our little uh we got one uh, more role play we got one more. Yeah, oh yeah yeah, yeah. so uh, when we sad. read this next one if you guys are writing lore i don't mind reading it and making a fool of myself are you gonna pull up the next one so you can do the voices yes oh yeah i will try uh actually so you guys can do the voices yes. uh sealed did not email this one to us no so so go into homebrew lore seals a seals a warmonger too right 
Negative. Seal is a J. Yeah. Uh, with, oh, she's a J. I thought she might be a spot. Uh, she's a nutted J. Very, very How far up is it? It's not that far. It's is right it this one right That's it. Yep. Very, very disappointed, Seal. Shut All right. So. J's for life. <laughs> for our second story, we have The Crusade in Hell by Mel Matulianus. Matulianus? Mat- 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 it's by Seal. Matulianus. All right, y'all. Right, it's Seal. <laughs> Mel Matalicious. Yeah, right. That's how I read it. Seal Dread. We love you, Seal. So this is a short tale of Inquisitor Lean Holstein of the Ordos Malios and her crew aboard the Overlord class battle cruiser named Helldiver during the final moments of M41. The crusade into hell. A low hum goes across an empty hallway as a servo skull makes its rounds, stopping as a large door opens with a satisfying sound of air decompressing. In the archway, Inquisitor Holstein in her errant patterned power armor stomps through. With a look of pure anger, she shoves the servo skull out of her way, causing it to bounce off the walls before it can fly through the door. Out of my way, drone. Unlike you, I have actual work that needs to be done. As she makes her way onward, she looks down at the data slate on her forearm. A video plays with some static and garbled audio between a few words can be heard. Katie up. Help. Chaos. That's awful. <laughs> the video ends abruptly. Her pace quickens down the lengthy hallway as an astropath of her crew accompanies her. Ah, Inquisitor Holstein, I take time. We have some business to attend to. Shall I get the troops ready? At once, Astropath. And send word to as many as the others as possible. I fear Cadia is under attack once again. Cadia? A look of horror comes over the straight face and a roll of their eyes. But Inquisitor, that's 10,000 light years away. Not to mention we are no way prepared for if anything like last time. The lack of yes ma'am at once would have gotten anyone killed on the spot or worse. But Holstein is different. She encourages honesty and her crew respects her the more for it. I received transmission. We're going. A stern expression befalls Holstein's face as the astropath bows and moves down a separate hallway like a fire has been lit under their ass. The walk to the command deck is a long one. Holstein's steps are loud, heavy, and quick seemingly causing the floor of the ship to buckle under the weight of her armor and the weight upon her shoulders. Something's not right. Holstein thinks to herself, contemplating the infinite possibilities as to what could be going on. Why would they transmit this? Has Abaddon come back again? A small spark of lightning streaks across her armor from her hand. She approaches a much larger set of doors, stops, and takes a deep breath before opening them. Upon the doors opening, a large room with rows of cogitators with various crew members at each can be seen. There is a large chair in the center of the deck, decorated with various seals, scrolls, and a, and a few skulls of demonic nature. Next to the chair is the elite force of crew, Holstein's acolytes, Bastor Kalamar, who acts as the infantry company commander during battles. He was enlisted into the crew's service very recently, after his brigade was nearly wiped out with a battle with the demon prince, in which he recovered a sword from the fallen enemy that he uses to this day, aptly named Sanctus Fractus, or Fallen Brothers in Low Gothic. The two psychers, Hadrian Manus and Nila Vandilis, who were both recovered from the Space Hulk around the time of the 12th Black Crusade, 
They have proven to be invaluable in battle ever since, showing unparalleled resilience to the efforts of chaos and a near heretical level of mastery over the warp. Finally, Holstein's personal techracist, Pulvius Gash, who was recruited due to their insane understanding of the effect chaos has over tech. Either spewing pure insanity or biblical truths from the Omnisaya, they have proven very valuable in overseeing Holstein's various tech, as well as working on and making a few augments to her and her crew. One such endeavor they're taking on right now is boosting the psychic potential of the whole crew, giving them invaluable offensive and defensive capabilities against the forces of chaos. Bastar Calamare is the first to notice Halsey enter. Coming to attention quickly, he briefs her on the crew's status. Ah, yes. Greetings, Inquisitor. The ship is ready to head forth, and our crew is mobilizing now. Whatever our mission, we are ready. Good. But first, we must learn more about it. She motions to the Tecrisist. The sound of multiple metal legs scraping against the floor with a spider-like rhythm. They speak with a raspy and muffled tone, with very deep breaths taken every couple of words. While annoying and very disturbing, an audio transmitter speaks for them during these breaths. Despite countless efforts from various members of the crew to get the priests to fix this problem, they always respond with, The machine spirit is unbreakable. It is perfection. And then they proceed to rant about the Omnisaya or their various inventions for several hours. You require my services, Inquisitor. Decrypt this transmission at once. Time is of the essence. Holstein says as she transfers the transmission to the priest's cogitator. A few moments pass before the main cogitator of the command deck lights up and the message begins to play again. This time, however, what was feared and contemplated becomes truth. This is Lord Castellan Erskar E. Creed. Year is 999M41. Location, Segmentum Obscurus. Cadian Sector, Subsector, System, Planet, Cadia. This is a message to all those who have pledged themselves to serve the Emperor and protect the Imperian citizens from the forces of chaos. We request your help as they are currently being invaded once again by the hellish forces of chaos, and thus we need to make this our final stand. Teach this stain on our lives that this invasion will not go unanswered, and by the Emperor's will, justice shall be swift. A long pause overtakes the whole deck, the crew watching the screen in disbelief. Seeing Lord Creed send this message out was indeed a sign of a great battle, one that had spread throughout the whole galaxy by now. Inquisitor Holstein stands up and straightens her hat and cloak. A sly grin crosses her face. Well, Helldivers, we have a mission. To help Cadia rid itself of this filth on its doorstep once again. We have battled chaos countless times, many of which have been in our own domain. We are untouched by them and come out stronger each day. Let it be known that we shall aid those in need of the rebel, this pitiful invasion. For we are what chaos fears most. We are the fists crushing their skulls and chain swords splitting them in two. We are the flames burning away their tainted flesh. We are death and we shall be victorious. A streak of lightning goes from Holstein's armor once again as the pure, invigorating, and righteous words echo across the whole ship with unnatural force. Everyone aboard cheered and began moving even faster with renewed purpose while the crew's instruments of death were readied. The men and women prepared themselves for the glorious orchestra of war against the horrendous forces of chaos. 
But this all doesn't last long, as chaos moves with speed unmatched. The darkness of space around the cruiser grows bright almost instantly. And with a fury and hatred unaligned, the crew is thrown into the warp and left to their own wits in a land they're arguably more familiar with than real space. They have yet to resurface. The year is 002.M42, place High Conclave, Segmentum Tempestus, Inquisitors Present 10, Topic, Rescue and Recovery of Lost Inquisitors Due to the Great Rift. The room is quiet, each member sitting around a large table. Paper and weapons are thrown all around the room. The door opens and all the Inquisitors look to see who has arrived. Lord Inquisitor Luther Kennel stands in the archway his Terminator armor pristine in condition and adorned with various purity seals. The skull of lesser demons hangs by chains on his breastplate, and the horns of a greater demon act as his pauldrons. He walks to the far side of the room, cloak over his shoulder, and his servo skull looking at all others in the room, its bionic eye glowing bright red, transmitting to Kynel's neural link. It has been two years since the opening, and two years you have all requested. We hold this conclave as your lord. I grant you all this moment to speak, for I shall be your last. If this is brought up again... Kynel's words cut deep into each Inquisitor, like a red-hot nail piercing their spine, leaving all but one frozen in place. Inquisitor Alus Kudan who stares at the radical with harsh judgment in their eyes. Since the great rift has opened, we have lost countless inquisitors. We have stood motionless without orders beside our own to act how we see fit. It is our job as Lord to see the organization's integrity is kept and it has been torn completely asunder. We need to make an effort to rescue our lost brothers and sisters, if not for them but for safety of the Imperium as a whole. Know your place before speaking to your lord. I know you have lost many, but we are not going to acknowledge this expense just to rescue the unlucky handful because you feel it's right. If they truly knew how to face chaos, they can handle themselves. If they don't resurface, then damn them. The Emperor never needed their help. I do know my place. It is at the Emperor's side while the likes of you gallivant with demons and traitors. I was there during the 13th. I saw millions of lives lost. Astartes and Militarum alike. This is no minor incident. This is a threat to everyone and everything we stand for. And I will not stand for this inaction of the most powerful force the Imperium has to offer. Then do something about it. Kynel's words cutting like a power sword cleaving through ceramite. Allhouse gripped his heavy bolt pistol. Their interrogator, Susie Sue, standing and pulling out their own auto shotgun. You bring shame to all of us, Lord, and you shall know your place. For I, Inquisitor Allhouse Kudane, make the official statement of condemnation of heresy and chaos tainted on grounds of our viewing those lost as something less than us, and justice shall be swift. Before any of the others attending this high conclave could act, a series of gunshots and last fire befall the room. Blood spatters across the walls. The other inquisitors are too late to arm themselves before the victim falls to the ground. 
Two thuds echo around the room, one of metal, the other of man, and history is forever changed in a single moment. Damn, that escalated quick as fuck. I was like, that was actually really cool. Boy, that escalated I liked, quickly. I, liked, <laughs> I actually really liked that they killed each other. Yeah, yeah right. was like, nah. Well, like, because one of them was like, no, I'm the boss. And the other one was like, like if you're yeah, the boss, do I'm, something about it. But I'm it. right. <laughs> and then it came down to they, and they both like were so dead set on being the one who was right that they were just like, <laughs> no, Boom. but neither one was <laughs> straight more right or more fast than the other one. <laughs> so Seal goes adding, um, added some notes to the end of her story here. Yeah, let's see what the notes are. So I should make this clear immediately, but with several hundred year gaps in the crusades, I took some liberties in giving the crew some knowledge they normally wouldn't have had access to. Mm-hmm. How they came about this knowledge is something I'm going to explore in other writings of the crew. Saying they're a radical crew is an understatement. At the very least, I hope that I have, I hope that what I have so far was entertaining and gives a little more insight as to how devastating this moment in history was, even if the crew doesn't feel the same. Yeah, I, I definitely liked that Sycadrix Melodictum opens up and swallows the original crew. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then, like, it reverberates far enough down that, like, it's whatever it is, like, a, like a fucking thousand years later, these. That it still People isn't are like, fixed. Shit isn't better. Yeah, I guess it isn't a thousand years later. It's like yeah, I think it was like a hundred. Yeah, they said two uh, years. Uh, two years. Was it two? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Two yeah, yeah, years. yeah. Nine nine nine. Zero zero two. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, other liberties with Creed's message. That was um, great. Research. Yeah. Good shit, Kev. Yeah. That was great. Cool. Yeah. I was like, Cree! I know. <laughs> you looked at me and I was like, no, no, no. Kevin needs Don't to read this. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, she searched for quotes on Lexicanum as well as the 13th Black Crusade itself and couldn't find what he said exactly. So I went with something simple. If GW ever gives him a quote for a call to reinforcements, I would make changes to my story and adjust accordingly. If it were a, if there is a quote out there and someone does know it, please send it to me. There might be one in the beginning of Battlefleet Gothic. Do you remember? Was that Creed? Or was I, I don't I think that, that's Creed. I, that might have been one of the orbital orbital. Admirals. Oh, that that's I, also that's also not the thirteenth. I thought Black that was. Uh, was I not, thought that was Call Battle Battlefleet no, Gothic, Gothic is the twelfth. Two two was, oh, was not uh, okay. not Dorn. What the hell's his name? The guy that looks like Trump. Or Jay Leno. He looks like Jay Leno. No, no, no. He's the chapter master of the Imperial Fist. Uh, Oh, is that the guy who put out the Okay. I I fucking knew immediately. You're like, he looks like Trump. I'm like, oh, yeah, the weird looking model that came out this year. He looks like Jay Leno or like like Trump. I can't remember his damn name. (laughs) Some weirdest face sculpt I've seen. (laughs) I don't know, man. The freaking, what's his name? The overbaked potato for Imperial Guard. Oh. Oh, that's Creed, oh, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, actually, one thing that I really liked in it that you uh, she kind of touched in the notes there was like that they, they kind of like have this like oh just another day on the job mentality. And then, oh yeah, like you said, and then bloop, <laughs> and then that's all over. You never see from again. Like <laughs> I so, kind of yeah. like that. This this whatever our orders are, we're ready. <laughs> that was yeah, so I, good. I mean, I hope it wasn't. I hope I wasn't too cringy. These guys oh, obviously nice. do a great job. I, no, I, you're pretty good. No, I, I, no, we're, we all do. I like how we all have a little. Oh, come on, man. We have I talk, I talk like an idiot. Characters. No, dude, so you, you guys are honestly great. Like, so let me, it's, it's great. Let me I, finish I think we should up. continue doing this. Uh, it's oh, yeah, it's actually it. a little fun. All reading characters parts. Yeah, yeah, I like yeah. that. I like let me let me finish up with the rest of her notes and then let's oh. dive into her story. Oh, man, there's a bunch there. Oh yeah, there, there's like three more paragraphs. Uh, so the story isn't finished yet. Uh, this is just the beginning, and with the amount of custom characters I have for various points of views, there's a lot more that I can explore. I have three main stories 
to tell after this the origins of Holstein and her crew and how they became the Helldivers, the origins of both the radical Luther Kynel and the Puritan Allhouse Kudon, and finally the aftermath of the High Conclave and the horrors of the Helldivers encountered while they were in the warp. Yeah, duh, I want to hear that. Oh, yeah. Sadly, I do not have an army for this crew yet, mainly due to funds and just getting into the hobby recently. I was pretty damn good for being recent. I, I am really interested to see how you do origins. Uh, Tor Garadon. That I think guy might have been yeah. the guy that was speaking, was in, speaking uh, in that one. In, yeah. yeah, but uh, CLI, definitely, however you do an origin story, please tell me because I need to do one and I don't know how. <laughs> Um, I do plan on making one using various different factions to get the flavor I'm looking for with like a lot of kit bashing. Welcome to the club. <laughs> but by no means is this list ever going to be competitive. But for narrative standpoint, uh, this has been a huge learning process for me. And I knew basically nothing before embarking on this adventure. After a lot of research on Lexicanum, Reddit and some Discord friends, I feel this is going to be a great set of stories to tell and share with the community at large. And and then she thanks us. Thank you. This was it was yeah. fucking cool. We we all we all really enjoyed I, I it. I have I have one statement to say to that. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what I have to say to that. That okay. is fucking awesome. I got yes. one statement to say to that. Where's the next one? Yeah, <laughs> yeah give me more lines. Give yeah, me, give me more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we hope you guys like um I you know, there there's there's definitely a way to like just read what's on the paper and then to kind of try to give like some Meaning to it, I tried to read to to give a little bit of like emotion behind the emotion to it. And you guys uh, doing so the voices like, was badass. Yeah, yeah, like no, no, you were right. An escalating you were crescendo right. of. Of I, I was fury. I, I was reading it as I was going. You're an escalating crescendo of righteous fury. That's what your mom said last night. Oh, <laughs> oh boy, it's <laughs> really hard because she was over at my place last night. <laughs> she gets around. <laughs> Put Teleports her. That's, that's, that's light work, bro. <laughs> <laughs> No, but that was great. Uh, we appreciate you guys. We appreciate your uh, submissions. Hopefully, you're cool yeah, with us. Yeah. This is what reading them. This is what I'm talking about when it comes to like the community coming up with stuff and and us just like overall storytelling in yeah. general. Because like, I mean, I don't know. It, it, it's interesting because like I'm one of those people where I really like reading about something if I'm in it. Right. You right. know what I mean? Like, it, selfish as that may sound, but like reading something like this, I'm like, ooh. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, this is that was that honestly that one was like perfect. Yeah, that was because it, it was it was like here's some stuff, here's some other stuff. Where now? You know right. what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. it left it left me There's at that questions. point of like, yes, I'd like to know more. Would you like, like to know more? yeah, like yes. like where's the click? Yes. Like yeah, right. yeah like <laughs> like I would like to know more of this. This sounds interesting. Like, and yet it's still you know like it, it's it's completely created. Like. Yeah. But it sounds real, you know. It sounds yeah, like it's it almost would like fit. Uh, what is it, ba uh, Baldermort? Yeah, I mean, he, he does. It's all all of his is fanfic, right? It's all fan fiction, yeah, or not all of it, but the, a good portion yeah, of it. When he does it, it's he'll like write a fanfic, right, and then go into official stuff. That's why that's why he always has that. that I like his little transition. And now let us lean on existing wisdom. Uh, okay, okay. Yeah, that's, that's when cool. he like switches into official sources, official right. like documents. No, that'd be codexes. great. Yeah. yeah, I definitely. I would th this re hearing that and being a part of like getting to be a part of that, reading it, right, makes me want to write one. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it makes me want to write my my story down, but I'm like terrible at it. So, Seal, if you want to do that for me, that'd be great. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think <laughs> at the very least, bullet points. 
bullet points would, would would help out if you're if you're gonna go off the top of your head. Yeah, but it yeah, seals yeah. in Discord, so I'm just gonna. <laughs> you just gonna and, we, and we and we talked about that. And we'll do. Let me, we let talked, me talk to you for four hours, and I'm gonna we, tell you what to write. <laughs> or you talk to me for four hours, and I'm just gonna give you ideas. And you just write that down. <laughs> and just write that down. Just write that down. Just just get a pen. Get Ooh, a pen that's right a good one. Write that. Yeah, 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 write that. Write that. Just say say something like that in there. So yeah, in our in our next episode, actually, uh, Tom, we we do go over those tips, the bullet points, the templates, all that stuff. So we'll we'll get we'll jump oh, in. Oh, good! Here I'm going to bring week. nothing to that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> you, got, you got you got that natural storytelling. Yeah, ability. I could do that all day, but you asked me to put a pen on paper, man, yeah. and I'm like, I don't know, I don't even it's, know how to spell the. It's kind of <laughs> it's kind of the hardest part. I mean, like, like a, even I, as dude, somebody I who could, creatively writes, the hardest part is sitting down and starting. I could, I could talk about it all day. I right. could tell a story in perfect format. I could do voices. I could do everything on the spot. You ask me to think about it ahead of time and write it down. It, everything is oohs and uhs and slave. no idea where, where, like it's, I'm terrible. At I'm it. about halfway there. If, if I have bullet points, I'm good. If I have to read it verbatim, I'm not that great. So, if I have to remember it, no. Nah. So how good I am, how good I am at improv. Right. I'm equally awful at writing. Yeah, yeah. Like that's like I'm on the complete opposite side. Yeah, I'm like right in the middle. Yeah. See, like it's oof. mine is like I I have to be able to get into the character's mindset. Right. But if I can't, it's garbage either way. Improv or like writing it down. I mean, I'm I'm better at improv than writing, definitely. Mm-hmm. But I still have to be able to get into like a character's mindset. Right, right. If, you, I can, if I'm just trying to like write generically it's really hard for me like i have to have an inspiration to like yeah well well, i mean like describing the character and whatnot like oh it was uh uh, inquisitor and terminator armor with skulls hanging off of his chest you're just like oh that's a that's gonna sound cool yeah yeah i'm like there's a dude he's gonna stand up here and this guy looks like dude uh, (laughs) (laughs) in my uh, mind i could say it all day long but on paper that's what i'm writing like like, dude there's so many times too like i've come up with some crazy ideas like i have these like quotes like these little like five second like clips right Mm -hmm. in my brain where it's like like the beast knight is returned home and he's found you know the the bell knight right but she's corrupted and horror like she's a rampager what about when we do uh crusade games that we actually write a story and that's what i'm saying yeah yeah that's yeah Yeah. we should keep track of like certain key events right like in our games and then write a story for it right put a summary like uh the story of dead eye would be a great one dude so we're gonna get in we're going to get into designing crusades and then designing the story or telling the story of crusades. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I had this idea of like, you know, beast Knight is like returning and there's this like big fight scene right. between him and like this now bell. Right. Who's like fucked, you know, by chaos. Right. 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 And they're in this like epic battle and they're basically they've right. like, they've, they've like ripped Proper each other fucked. apart. Right. And, and beast is like about to basically like critically explode. You know, oh. and he like he great he basically just like charges his fist down into the carapace, and he literally and like, he goes he goes till the last pedal, you know, and then freaking oh, blows up. Man. You know what I mean, right? Oh, like, yeah. oh, like yeah. till the last pedal falls, like, and he blows up. You know, it's like, dude, it's fucking epic. Like, that's. But you asked me to write that down, and I've I, I yeah. like he so that he yeah. I'm like I don't know. The very <laughs> the very first line I ever wrote for Star Tide Expanse, which is my own like science fiction universe. It's my own sci-fi writing it's 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 what I, when i'm writing stuff that isn't in 40k and it's just my own sci-fi that's the universe it takes place in the very first line i ever wrote was as the universe burns so shall they burn 
And then I wrote after it, Nexile Battle Hymn. And that was it. I wrote it down on a piece of paper and I left it for probably like three or four years. So the Nexile are a race that believes all other life in the galaxy and the universe is unholy. So basically humans in 40K. Or yeah. Kind of a little worse and like a certain like it's like it's a religious their religious belief isn't that they are right their religious belief is that the entire galaxy needs to burn yeah no i was just poking fun like (laughs) no definitely like i think i think those little one-liners man those yeah dude they can like they they can nail it dude like there's so many dude there's so many i have these like random moments where i'm just like i'll be watching a disney movie something and i'll be like oh like you know thinking about like imperial knights one like you'll see a scene and you're like in your brain you'll process it into a warhammer version of that scene oh yeah totally you're like remember this and you totally don't yeah no like absolutely <laughs> totally like, don't. like one of the last things that like you know hercules says you know when he's like sent like his his last mission when arthur is like basically it's like him and herc left yeah. and hercules is like i can handle this like don't worry i can go the distance you know what i mean like yeah. and it's just like little little fucking quotes you're just like oh that's from the movie you know like and it's dumb as shit like you're like in the riots like oh nice. no no no, no like, like, like it's it's really cool but my dumb mind was immediately like hodor <laughs> Oh yeah, hold door. No, like, but there's so many like, <laughs> there's so many like little Hercules moments I get like that. Door. Yeah, right. I'm like, That's exactly <laughs> where my brain went. I was like, oh, Hercules is Hodor. <laughs> I'm sorry. Close. I know. I know. It's again. It's where my idiot brain went. It's not your. Yours was good. Mine was dumb in my own brain. And since we said Hodor, fun fact: that dude's a DJ. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've seen him. Oh, really? Yeah, Yeah, he he spins at BlizzCon. I just picture like the armager Phil look up at Herc and he's just like, So you want to be a hero kid? (laughs) 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 I still need to make, uh, what's his name? Uh, the, the, the soldier from Mulan. Oh, the, oh, the guy that teaches them? Yeah. yeah. I can't remember be a name. man. The, the must be swift as the coursing guy. river. Because <laughs> I've got a, a, one of the knights, one of the uh, Castus knights, but, uh, the Acheron, right. would be really good for him yeah. as a knight. But, uh, I'll look up his name right you're now. You're not going to do Mushu? No. You're no not Mushu have, would be an armager. Is it? <laughs> Dishonor. Or he'd be another knight. Dishonor on you. Dishonor on, on your cow. Yeah. On your family. Like the the impregnable, the the, the delectable, <laughs> <laughs> the wonderful Mushu. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, man, Mulan is fucking one of the best Disney movies. Yeah, like, Mulan. It, it is fuck really what yeah. says. It's a good one. It's definitely a good one. So, I, you guys are familiar with who Brandon Sanderson is, right? No. So, so Brandon Sanderson took over for uh, Wheel of Time when Robert Jordan passed away. He's a fa- he's a relatively famous. Fucking Wheel of Time. Yeah, you've never heard of the Wheel of Robert Time? Jordan. No. What? Uh, are we about? So Brand- Wheel of Fortune. Brandon Sanderson is a relatively like prolific modern fantasy author. He wrote the Stormlight Archive. He wrote Mistborn. He's authored a bunch of Bob Barker. I know that name. Yeah, Bob Barker. That. Yeah. It's Captain yeah. Shang. Captain anyway. Shang. Captain okay. Uh, he he goes. He's got he's got a lecture series on YouTube where he talks about like little tips and tricks on how to do things. And one of the things that he talks about is the whole idea of like writing down individual quotes and attributing them to people and just putting them in a journal. 
And he talks about how like Frank Herbert, who wrote Dune Mm -hmm. in the beginning of the first book in the beginning of every chapter, there's a quote by Princess Arlon or I think that's her name. Arlon. Arlon. Princess Arlon. There's always a quote by her. And like the, the whole idea behind those quotes is that, you know, Frank Herbert at some point thought this thing up and wrote it down and then puts it at the beginning of the chapter to kind of explain like what's happening somewhere else in the galaxy or that person's impression on the galaxy. And that kind of what what you're talking about kind of makes me think of that, that whole, like, here's a quote that deals with this, but the story that we're telling either takes place before or after some other time. Yeah. You know, it's funny because Dune is actually so 40 K like it's crazy. Well, Well, it's a lot of 40 K is so because a lot of 40 K is borrowed. I was actually about to say, is there a household like there when they do the Warhammer books, there's oftentimes, like you said, like yeah, a, a yeah. quote of a of a saint yeah. or a prayer or something, and I'm wondering, is that did they like legitimately do that because Dune did that? I think it's or is just, just a I think thing? it's just an old writing trick. Uh, it's I, just I mean, been Brendan Sanderson even doesn't say it's his own. He attributes okay, like okay. J.R. Tolkien. He talks about all right. Frank so that's Herbert. just been. A thing I think it's just a, a thing that people do. Okay, I but it's one sure of those. It was like it's been traced back to one specific. Yeah, it's one of those like writing kernels. Like like yeah. do it, throw it in a journal, and then and then go back. Mm, it's not a bad idea. Maybe we should start doing that. Start writing them down. Yeah. So. Yeah, that was Lore Stories. That was our third Lore Stories episode. That was our first lore from the hive. Uh, we'd love to keep doing these. We yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. That was a lot these of fun. Are, Tales from awesome. the Hive. Tales from the Hive. Oh, Tales from the Hive. I like it. Yeah. Did you? Yeah, I said Tales from the Hive. Oh, I was just playing yeah. off of Tales from the Hive. I don't know why I heard Lore from the Hive. Oh, maybe that's why I said. Yeah. So I like Tales uh, from the Hive because it makes yeah, me think Tales, Tales from the Crypt. Exactly. That's yeah, fine. Yeah, Mark wins. That's fine. Thinking too. Fine. Yeah, Tales right, from the Hive. Right. Accept it. Mark yeah. can win. So if you would <laughs> take it, Monga. So if you would, if you take would, it, Monga boy. <laughs> so if you'd like to be featured <laughs> in an upcoming <laughs> Lore Stories Tales from <laughs> the Hive <laughs> episode, you can either shoot us or the best way to get those stories to us is to email them to us either at under the hive of madness at gmail.com or jimdarkgaming at gmail.com. But you can also get a hold of us through Discord. You can send us a link to a Google document. Um, not as easy to get a hold of us always. Uh, email is definitely our first choice, but we can definitely, we can definitely keep it a little more organized for us. I think. And yeah, some people is. have asked about uh, like permission to incorporate our lore into their lore. Yo, yeah, uh, yeah, Let the. Us know. the the Hive project is the community project. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's we like we come up with some guys. stuff, but like honestly, run with it. We I absolutely lo- yeah, yeah, love. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And wrote an entire story in the Hive. That's fucking bad. Yeah. Don't don't let me like you. Uh, Coffin was asking a couple times like, oh well, hey, do you want me to change it in my story? I'm like, nah, dude. Like nothing's locked in. Like yeah. If- yeah, it's all creative freedom, man. Like, go for it. Yeah, yeah, when we when we put it down in a PDF and start dripping out pages, then it's written in, in concrete. But you're gonna help us write it in concrete. So. Honestly, <laughs> I've found I've been Ryan, Ryan and I, and, and Kevin and Mark. We've all been to to various you know role playing events and things like that. And you know, out out at uh, Wasteland Weekend, what we used to go to, I was pretty avid in a lot of that lore building out there. And to be completely honest, the best lore that I ever heard about my group was ones that I didn't write. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. 
like someone else would write something and be like, oh yeah, like would you, are you cool if I bring you guys in this? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Yeah, you know, you- and it's it's come up with some of the coolest stories. I'm like, mm. man, we're awesome. And I didn't even write that. <laughs> you know? Treating like, somebody it- write their stories like you guys whooped their ass. Yep. <laughs> like that was yep. their backstory yeah. was we got our asses kicked by these yeah guys. i killed i killed like three of his homeboys <laughs> like you're like wow i didn't even remember that yeah, I was i'm like, awesome i was like that's cool like, <laughs> treating it all as like a living history yeah right yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're working on it together none, none yeah. of this stuff in the high seems like we got a nervous problem though i'm not gonna lie yeah that's definitely a yeah. thing that's happening somebody I'm needs to clean out that septic tank <laughs> right yeah then nurgle nurgle nuggets are so, good just chilling. Nurgle nuggets. <laughs> nurgle nuggets. <laughs> them spooky dookies are coming up oh my god chilling dude nuggets. so if you uh if you have a desire to jump on this lore train with us, we have you covered on our Discord with our world bro- world building project that we've already mentioned a couple of times, the Hive Project. Discord's probably the best way to get a hold of us. Yeah, I can't preach it enough. I say it on every episode. It's definitely the best way to be a part of the community is to literally well, join the community. Because you're not yeah. just messaging us when you throw something up on Discord. We have, you know, a, a nice... There's yeah, a nice these little gang gang going on. That's right. And I yeah. and I totally get it because I I hated the idea of Discord and joining <laughs> this thing. And Six I was like, this, ago, yeah, I was like, this is the dumbest thing in the world. <laughs> and now I'm literally like, this is the best thing I've ever done. Like, yeah, the community's great, man. Yeah, it's, you guys it's, are all awesome. I, I would I would not call it a social media platform. We are on some of the social media platforms, but Discord is definitely like a throwback to what the internet used to be, rather than oh, like, what the yeah, internet like, became. You know, like live journal. <laughs> what was I that whole like like Facebook? I don't know. I, I don't like Facebook. I try not to talk crap about it on the podcast, but I'm going to. Uh, that the whole like Facebookization of social media, of like the oh, fact yeah, that yeah, fucking yeah. social media took over the way it did in the last ten years. Yeah, I liked it when it was a side, like a side thing. That it we wasn't all, like, the internet. It was just part. It of was the just internet. something that nerds did on the side. Yeah, like of the internet, and then it became. Yeah, I remember the way it started. Communicated, and then it became the only way people communicated. Well, it started. It, it started like Discord. Why started as like Teamspeak, right? Remember that X Fire Teamspeak. Yep. I remember yep. X-Fire. Well, and that's the stuff that I, that, that's the part of Discord that I like is that I was know, all yeah. back to that back in the day. Oh, yeah. And What was the old one? Oh, MRC. MRC. IRC. IRC. That's the one. Yeah. IRC. Wow. Wasn't the Discord like Curse or something before it was Discord? What's up? No, Curse was a like mod platform that most people use. It did other games, but it was really developed for wow world of uh, warcraft okay. yeah because that was like that i mean that had the most players so it made sense that things would be made for it but yeah right. it was kind of like a, a whole mod ui yeah that you could bring uh, in and it would automatically update your mods for and now, you and all that other stuff and now there's stuff like vortex that you can do for that's like what i use fallout yeah, yeah. yeah. so um big big titties walking by oh that that so, super mutant got some tiggle bitties <laughs> sexy death claws I'm gonna, so, go, yeah. I'm gonna go I'm gonna oh. fuck that mutant so I <laughs> <laughs> like that 
So I got, down a hallway, baby. <laughs> I got super deep into doing the, the mods for Fallout 4 at one point, and there's a there's a mod where the more damage you take, your model actively gets scarred. Oh, that's cool. Oh, so I thought you were going to say, like, the bigger your tits get. Let's close you. But oddly enough, one of the things that you had to do, because it's a skin mod, is you had to get that, like, CBBC one, the one that makes the models have ginormous fake oh it's like the the body manipulation you need the body in order to do it you have to have yeah yeah Yeah. and Um, that body manipulation mod happens to be the sex mod so so what what i 100 did was i was going through the body mod and i'm like yeah i don't care 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 so i went through and i loaded it up the first time and i literally i literally get to the first encampment of raiders and i'm like and i'm and i'm i'm far away and i'm dragging this fat cock behind me i can't i can't every every shot i take it just gets bigger it just gets bigger but then i like i like went into the camp i went into the camp to loot all the bodies and i took like the fucking chest armor off the first like female raider and all of a sudden these like fucking triple d's pop out and i'm like and like literally legitimately my brain was like there's something wrong <laughs> like wait what? how did I fuck up the mod there's something wrong and then I went back and read it like oh if you just hit enter enter enter, enter, enter you apparently hit like bimbo mode and like porn oh, star yeah, like, mode turn it all on. Yeah, like, like the norma vanilla settings are just making inflatable yeah. flailing titty, <laughs> flailing titty monster <laughs> like your, your significant other walks by and like what the fuck are you playing <laughs> I, I, I was just looting. I'm, every time, every time I was just looking. In, I was just looking. I was just. No, looking. I was just look, that's not any better. I wasn't touching. I was just oh looking. Just very quickly. Yeah. Oh so yeah, if, uh, if you guys like this sort of bullshittery and shenanigans, you should listen to our podcast more, <laughs> more, more, more than just this time. Yeah, yeah. please. We didn't but have yeah, a lot of bullshit in the beginning, so that's where we have if you, it's all the back end. If you can, uh, if you like what you guys are hearing, and you want to support us you can find us on patreon at www.patreon.com slash under the hive of madness there you can join the under hives growing gang of forearmed rats and if you connect that to our discord you can actually choose whether or not you are part of the nutty jays the warmongers the Underhive Auxilia or the Splatterhawks as your actual gang. Y'all, y'all still be four-armed rats, but you know. Grown, you get you get to be a part of the big boys. Yeah. And we're we're starting to toss a lot more into our Patreon. We have some uh we're trying to roll some stuff out as we get it. Uh we've got a couple other options that went live or are going live soon as far as you know, naming character, naming characters, naming models after a character that you've oh, given us right. in our armies. Got some other stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Brother Ickbardius. Yeah. Also, every Friday yeah, night, <laughs> every Friday night, we stream on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Jim Dark Gaming. Jim Dark gaming yep. underscore Jim, gaming. Yeah. Jim Dark underscore gaming. Feel yep. free to check us out. We're trying to do it every Friday. We're working on bettering ourselves. Uh, we've had a lot of good uh, community feedback and we're we're only getting better. Uh, we're, yep. we're streaming a multitude of things, whether it's games, uh, tabletop or you know, whatever, yeah, RPGs, you know, all the, all the good stuff, all the, all the gubbins. Speaking, so, uh, speaking of, or to, or to, I guess, take a step back. Um, we wanted to list off and thank all of our Patreons. Mm-hmm. You want to, you want to trade back and forth? Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. So starting it off, if I didn't lose my place on our notes, which I did. Yeah, we can just round <laughs> You're the worst, man. 
You're the uh, worst. No, starting no. off, I'm actually going to start off with my boy, Yarick5150. Thank you. That's my boy. God Warrior, Wade. Always a good, 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 good individual. I like how none of you can fucking go in order. <laughs> Ickbard, Bear Mags, Mullins, Minion Coffin. You guys are so bad. Seal. Fucking read it from the top. Seal. Seal was literally sitting at the top. Seal. You guys ignoring Seal. Seal. I was saving the best for last. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough, fair enough. I just wanted to hit up my boy. I was, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's my that's Your boy. That's my I mean, boy. The other guy we read we read Minions today. That's Minion right. Coffin. Minion yep. Coffin, yeah. We read Barnes always there throwing biddies. Oh, yeah. yeah. Blowing my shit up, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> Mullins. I don't think I've actually had a conversation with Mullins yet. I'll get to it. Yeah, you get there, man. Well, there Mullins, Mullins is a chill dude. Yeah, yeah, Bear Max. Yeah, we, we pretty talk. sure pretty sure Mullins is one of my one of my boys. Let's He's see one of your boys? See see yeah, Mullins is one of my boys. He's one of the Jays. Same nah, with Seal. Who gives a shit then? Hey, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, if you guys want to keep up with us around social media, we tried to make it easy for you. You can head over to our link tree slash under the hive, or you can go to under the hive of madness.com, grab you yourself a couple of links to check out our various projects. Well, shit boys, looks like we can all afford a couple of new shiny toys with this, uh, History we picked up these old messages here in the archive. Good find, Kev. Good find. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, you know. Yeah, too bad it's not fucking water, Kev. I know, right? I that mean, who needs water great. when you got all this plasma? Why though? would you fuck water? Well, <laughs> what else do you do? With it? <laughs> no, you use water to pay for fucking uh, lubricant. I was like, fish fucking it. You don't fish, want that. Yeah, you don't want that. <laughs> you got to get that red squid. You know how many gallons <laughs> of semen a whale can produce? <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's That's the what I'm saying. That's What's a whale? Don't talk about your mom like that. <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. What's, what's a whale? What's a whale? My mother. You gonna rub it in, right? I'm out of chocolate yoo-hoo. Now I gotta start drinking ketchup. It's chocolate boo-boo, man. Chocolate boo-boo. You can actually get some of this chocolate boo-boo. You guys have seen a thing called a whale in the hive? Oh, God. Catch, no, catch up to the conversation right here. Catch up to the conversation. We're talking about that chocolate boo-boo now. <laughs> So it looks like our signal has started to attract more than a few servo skulls, and these metal and bone motherfuckers are swarming like fries. You know what they say, killing a servo skull a day keeps don't the Inquisitor keep the away. away. <laughs> Absolutely oh, does not keep the Inquisitor away. Hey man, I'm about to be They're going to show uh, up basically. Oh, any way. second now. This yeah. is a fucking mother load, and we are sitting in the wrong we place. Probably yeah. get, going. get the fuck about to out. Hit up that wacka, wacka servo. This is uh <laughs> <laughs> this this is gonna be all you get from your boys here at 665.66 UHMR Chemrat Radio. We will catch you at our next broadcasting location. Do us a favor and I don't know, feed a couple of extra man witches to the forearmed emperor so maybe they stay off our tail a little longer. Nutty Jay's out! Oh shut up. Oh boy, <laughs> shut up. <laughs>